A tēnā koutou katoa, nau mai anō ki tēnei pahorangi o tātai ahurau, ko Anaru White tōku ingoa. Kia ora, Maria. Oh, e te maunga o Taranaki. Nei anonga taha maunga i mahi nei. E ngā haui whae te ringa raupa o tātai ahurau, nei ngā mahi malahau. Tēnā koe Anaru. Ah, kia ora anō, Maria. Hey, I appreciate your time to um, come to discuss with us the importance of engaging with uh, iwi o hapu. I know you had a lot of experience in this area, and uh, well, I'd like to invite you to share more about your background. Oh, kia ora, Anaru. Um, my background. I was brought up in Rotorua, which is located within the tribal territory of Te Aroa, and this is my iwi. Initially, I was brought up in Whakarewarewa, a small village amongst the people of my paternal grandfather, which is Ngāti Wahi Tūhaurangi, and I lived there for about five years. And then we moved to a place called Kotu which is under my paternal grandmother's people of Ngāti Whakaui. Um, it's my lived experience with Te Aroa and my other tribal links with my whakapapa and engagement with iwi all over the North Island I've had the privilege to work with, both professionally and personally, that I draw my inspiration mm. from for this conversation. Okay. So I guess for me, when engaging with iwi, or hapu for that matter, the most important things to be mindful or mindful of are um, four things Mm -hmm. really, your reo, whakapapa, tikanga and wairua Mm -hmm. and so and and actually they they are they are the tenets that we work our core values in in core as well so yeah anyway with reo um, I guess I'm, I'm talking about you know, when you talk with people, what is the language that you use to relate to mm. relate to people, and and what is the language that you use when working with them? So, so I guess you've got to have a a real think about. You know, are you are you talking with um, when you're talking with family? Yeah, basically, what's the language that you are using with them? Yeah. Are you using mm. their language? Are you um, are you using professional language? I know I've been in situations where I've been at a whānau hui and someone said to me, oh, gosh, I don't understand what you're saying. Your words are too big because as an as a educator, I've gone and used you know, some some big words, words like pedagogy, <laughs> and so I've got to... Mm. Know, really be mindful of the words I'm using so that people can understand what I'm saying. Another thought here is, you know, if the whānau, um, if there are people in there who are who speak te reo Māori, then also being um, cognizant of using that. It could be my first greetings um, from the outset are in Māori so that people are clear there, oh, you know, I know where she's you know, she she speaks Māori. Mm. She she can engage in Māori. You know, you can um, make it suitable to the audience. If there are girls speaking, then you use that language as well. So, yeah, language is is really important. Um, and I'll talk later about the other types of of real that we need to be mindful of as well. Papa. I'm talking about, you know, having having a sense of your own identity and finding ways to connect your identity with the people that you're working with. So say, for example, um, there might be 
people who who I know of who have got Scottish ancestry sitting in the room, and so I might find ways to um, to connect with you, but I'm also wanting you to try and do the same. Mm. So you know, I might talk about um, you know the the notion of clans and and in Scotland and how important. Um, tartans are in terms of the colours and telling the story of that particular clan and so there are you know there are similar things that we have in um you know in the Māori world that can help bridge those understandings and so whakapapa allows people to you know open the doorway to to their world and at the same time finding a point of connection to you so, um, and as I said, it's whakapapa, which is, you know, it can be seen as genealogy, um, your your connections to people. But we're also not limited to that. The sense of whakapapa to people can also include um, the geographical environmental features around the place. So, um, for example, I said to you at the beginning, Mihine kia Taranaki maunga, right. and with my mountain being Nongataha, I've, I guess, geographically located you to your mountain mm. and found that way to connect both of us for this discussion. Mm, exactly. <laughs> um, and also, you know, when you evoke Whakapapa, you also, you know, everything that goes with that, stories that are associated with that that um, tribal group ancestral connections so you know this whole notion of iwi is is huge and I guess if you really genuinely want to get to know talk with people then they want to know who you are where you are from your genealogy who you descend from and who you are and through that they will find their connection to you and then there's a I think there's a magical synergy that happens where suddenly when you start to open up and talk about your connections, um, then people feel included because then they can share and talk about theirs. And then you become, you know, a united group. And from there you start your whole journey together. Yeah. Um, um, for tikanga... In this, in this sense, I guess I'm referring to ways that you organise and conduct yourself, how you look after and care for those you're working with, and the sorts of processes that you use to make people feel at ease mm. and welcome and that feeling of inclusion. It's about, you know, how how do you greet? Do you um, start with a blessing or a karakia, you know, so that it's sort of, you know, the, the initial um, engaging with people you know, you sort of come maybe as initially as not knowing each other, but then by doing little, you know, processes like that, by having mihi mihi or allowing people to, you know, talk about who they are, um, having kai, having those, you know, processes of, you know, we're going to go around and allow everybody to have a voice. So those processes are all part of... Um, your tikanga and how you make people feel at ease. And and I guess, um, you know, for me, being Māori, that's really important that you spend that time on allowing those relationships and that bonding to occur. 
um, yeah. And that, you know, through through employing things like that, you're allowing people to have opportunities to have a sense of agency throughout the process. So, you know, all of that and having a kai at the end mm. is all about, even when you're having a kai, there's a lot of conversations that continue. And so that's all part of, yeah. And I guess the last thing in terms of um, wairua, you know, for me that's about the well-being and the mana of the people that you are working with is at the heart of everything you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, say, people or, you know, you invite iwi, and they've had, you know, some of them might have had bad experiences of schooling. Yes. And so how do you, you know, how do you nurture, a, a, um, I suppose, an ethic of care or a, a, a synergy within the room that people can feel and that feeling is of, you know, you're you're there to not only look after my mana, but you're also there to to care for the mana of of the people that we have been um, tasked to look at. So throughout the whole time when Wider was employed to me, throughout the whole time you're you're engaging all of your senses to ensure that the dignity and mana of people is foremost. I think people must have mm. a strong sense of who you are and that you are sincerely listening to them. Mm. Sometimes your body language speaks more strongly than words that come from your mouth. <laughs> and so I think, you know, I've, I've always believed that if people or the iwi know who you are, why you are there, mm. they have to say will benefit others, especially their mukapuna, then this will hold you in good stead. Yeah. That's my thinking anyway. Yeah, uh, I'm just thinking when you're talking about that and I just want to go back to the connections because as you said, like at the start, you connected us, you located us in terms of our our mountains, our maunga, and straight away I just kind of set the scene for the discussion that we've had and when you're talking about those connections and then you started talking about the tikanga and wairua and just really localising it or put into the context, I guess the challenge or the opportunity out there for schools when they engage with iwi, Hapu, Fano, and again, I think the big thing I'm hearing from you as well is that uh, for different areas and for different schools, um, who you engage with will look different for those schools. So for some tribal areas, it might be the Hapu that are strong, therefore it's the Hapu that you engage with as well. And just the thing about the Fano, and the big thing coming out of there, the opportunity is to know who's in the room to make those connections as well. And uh, I guess just building on from that, Marianne, just to finish off, um, just think about our schools in particular, ones in English medium settings, and looking at beginning a relationship with iwi, hapu, or um, strengthening an existing relationship, um, what are some advice or some uh, suggestions that you have for them? Well, I, I, I wrote a blog about this, and I um, in that blog I used the word humarie mm-hmm. um, deliberately as an acronym. Okay. And, and humarie is about um, humbling yourself, and and I and I that was really important to me, and which is why I used it because mm. I think the the biggest thing that you can do is humble yourself, humble yourself to you know to to the people that you are talking to, and especially um, in those first engagements with you know 
you might be talking to one person who is an iwi member. And so, um, yeah, humbling yourself and deliberately privileging the voices of the people. I think if you want to um, engage with sincerity, mm-hmm. you act with a genuine purpose that resonates for them. So, um, yeah, I guess it's, no, they, you know, they know why you, you want to talk to them. They can genuinely see how it connects to the mokopuna, and that will, um, I think, that's the main thing. And you act with your, you know, with your heart. Yeah. You allow your heart to sort of like, um, you know, feel the wairua, that, that, that sense of togetherness in the room, and then you use your head, I guess. Right. You know, ko te kaia te ranga tira ko te kōrero. Ai, te kāna. Yeah. And, you know, and aroha ki te tangata. And I think you, you know, you, if you stand by those two things, then, you know, you can't go wrong. But the first place is to start with the kids in your class or in your school. You know, get to know them. And the ancestral type ties to their tribe. <clears throat> Um, and I say too, if they are willing to share this, you know, we, we don't just go, oh, hey, what's your tribe? You know, you, you know, there are ways that you can ask that without being too, um, forward, but also asking, is it okay if I ask you about your iwi? Mm. Or you might, you know, let parents know, hey, we, we're going, we want to be, um, we're going to be talking to kids about the, the tribal affiliations. Is that Okay. Because um, I remember when I was, uh, at, you know, I was a intermediate, and I remember we, you know, the teacher had set us a task to go and um, go home and find out about our fucker papa, and I remember going to my grandmother, and she just absolutely crushed me. She said, "Who's asking this? This no, no about your mum and dad, but yeah. that's it." You're not giving out any information at all. And I was really, I, I was quite fucking bad when I went to mm. school because everybody could talk about theirs and I couldn't. And I'd been told quite clearly from my grandmother, you're not to share this. And so I guess I say that for, you know, for some parents, they might want to know, you know, what's the purpose of this? And um, so, you know, we have to be really mindful of things like that. I think too, you know, the kayako in your school, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and you know, there there are parents who come into the school, you know, um, applying the same thing, asking them, and quite often the doorway to iwi are right there in your school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is that iwi are dynamic; that it's not the same everywhere. Mm. How people think of iwi. So for some, you know, as you said before. In some areas, like I'm thinking of Te Whanua, Apanui, for instance, hapu are very, very strong there. Mm-hmm. And so although they you know, they all affiliate to Te Whanua, Apanui, each hapu there is, has got their own identity, their own stories, their own, um, you know, notions of, of what's, you know, important and what makes success for them, for yes. their kids. And so you've got to um, be mindful of that as well. And the only way you, you can find that out is to is to talk to people mm. and talk to people who live there who or yeah. yeah. 
do some research. <laughs> do some. You must do your research. Yeah, and you must listen. <laughs> yeah, and that's a big thing I'm picking up too. Is just that genuine uh, engagement, uh, whānau, uh ibi or hapu. It comes back to that genuine engagement and listening is a big thing as well. And just to finish off, Maria, do you have some, uh, I suppose, some final thoughts for us? Mm. Well, if I go back to using the word humarie mm-hmm. as an acronym, as I said, and for the H, um, which was humarie, you know, humble yourself to listen to these, their, you know, these stories, listen to the kaumatua, listen to the queer, find the people who can connect you with them, um, you know, listen to Fano, but always humble yourself and be very respectful that you are genuinely there to listen. For the U, um, U Kaipo, now U Kaipo translates as um, like your mother, the source of sustenance, your real home. And I guess here I'm talking about, you know, return, return to the um, what sustains them, you know, to the bosom of their songs, their stories. These significant places, the marae, the maunga, the awa moana, you know, mm-hmm. really have a look at, you know, at, at whether, you know, why they're named certain ways, um, what what are those things that are, that are important to them that they see as their home. Um, so, yeah, ukaipo. The M, um, there I was talking about mōhio, to know, understand and realise. So in this, I suppose this sort of strategy is around the same thing as I've just said for Ukaipo. Do an environmental scan of the hapu and iwi that contribute to your kura. Find these stories. Look at the um, document documentation in the school. Quite often, um, I can you know work in schools and they, you know, along the way they've forgotten the actual story of the land that the school sits on. And so finding out, you know, the um, you know, the, the original name of the land that the school stands on and where that came from. And finding out about any names that were gifted to the school that, that are Māori and have a story. So, you know, see if those are anywhere. Sometimes they're in um, those old Jubilee books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so read the, you know, find the local stories. Look at your curriculum document and see how much it reflects iwi voices. To do that, you've really got to just shut everything out and just look at it as if as if you've come in cold and really see if the hearts and minds of the people are actually reflected in there. Okay. A, I was for aroha, you know, which you know, which translates, you know, to feel compassion, mm. empathise, a great love for. And, and in this part, I guess I was talking about you don't go in as an expert or amateur, but what you do is you make it clear that you're offering your, your kitty of skills, your professional expertise to help iwi operations for the schooling of their kids, of their mokopuna, and, you know, and really finding out what is important to them. What does success look like for their mokopuna? Exactly, yeah. You know, what... You know, if your aroha can show through by you, you know, talking about, you know, what's our role as a school in sustaining your tribal knowledge? And if so, what could this look like? You know, we, uh, you know, we talk about um, authentic partnerships with iwi. You know, is this where your greatest influence as a school could be? 
you know, maybe designing mm. the curriculum content of the school around their aspirations, yes. around the, the voices of the land. You know, yeah. Um, for real, again, this is um, what I was referring to. I'll talk a bit more about what I said at the top. But this, <clears throat> you know, this, this translates as voice or language or dialect. I think there are many voices and languages Māori um, use or engage with, some that we're not even sure of. So, reo atinana, you know, what mm. is the body language when you're talking to me as a principal, as a kaiako, and you're wanting to engage with me um, as an iwi person maybe, body language and, and whether or not the sincerity of your words are matching your body language. Um, I'm getting a feel of what you're saying through the language that you use. So, you you know, there's a, uh, I think there's a wairua that um, comes through through the how you language yourself and, and the feeling that I get from that. Reo awaha, what, you know, the words that you're actually using. The feeling, reo arongo, mm. for me there's a feeling, like I've said with wairua, there's a feeling that, that you engender by what you're saying, how you put your, um, you know, your your sentences across the, you know, the whole conveying of um, words. Uh, my intuitiveness, how do you, you know, through the language that you use or the body language, how, are, you know, my, my intuitive or my instinct will, will tell me again if what I'm going to share is going to be taken in the way that I'm sharing it and interpreted in that way. Rewa iwi, guess for here I was talking about tribal dialect. Mm. You know, each tribe, you know, we say Māori, but each tribe, even Te Arua, Taranaki, have their own dialect as well. They have their own distinctive language features, you know, which is important about. So you must be, um, you know, open to all the language and voices being conveyed to you in that moment of interaction. You know, iwi stories, yeah. their kawa, their tikanga, their waiata, the metaphors and whakatauki they use, mm. the imagery that's expressed through their waiata tangi, their laments, all tell stories of the iwi. They are all the, re, you know, the, the reflection. They, you know, they're the, I suppose, innermost expressions of who they are. Um. So, you know, there's a reo in there, the art forms, the iconography, the compositions. What can these tell you about the people of the land, about the iwi? Yeah. Those are your, you know, the reo is another doorway into having an insight into the iwi. And then the last one, oh, you know, and then I've got iwi, you know, which again mm. translates can translate as a tribe, a nation, yes. indigenous people. And another translation is, is bone, you know, like a, a skeletal bone, mm -hmm. koiwi. And and here that's, in terms of imagery, bone sounds quite cold, but what we're talking about is that when you're, you know, you're born, you you live your life, and then you, you know, and then you die. And <clears throat> when you die, you know, you're committed to, you know, the earth, to Papa Tuanuku. And in the old days... They would, um, you know, your body would would decay. You know, they'd put you in a tree, maybe, and your body would decay. And then they would, and then they would gather the bones, 
and then they would be, um, you know, a special customs would be, you know, employed where they would, you know, rub a certain ochre on the bones mm-hmm. and, and then they would be put in a waka wairua. And so the significance of the of the koiwi is that those are your, that's your statement, I guess, that you were here in this world. You know, so iwi, ko iwi, um, the, yeah, that's how I sort of look at it anyway. Okay. And um, I remember this saying shared with me, this is another lens, I suppose, lens I guess from Nihu Gage from Te Whanua up in the way mm-hmm. we were looking at the the curriculum design at um, Ōwaio at the time the school were um, the whole tribe were looking at reimagining schooling for the kids in the in the area and he said there was a saying called Te Iwi Te Kura the school was the Iwi and if we think about this in terms of um an iwi lens, the school reflects the heart of the people. So, you know, as a kura, do we know who they are, what they stand for? How is that iwi voice reflected in what you do now? And I guess for me that's a a reminder for schools to honestly review Mm. and do, I suppose, an iwi audit of your kura and see if I was to walk in here, what what would what would I see here and feel yes. that would make me know that I am in Te Arua, that I am in Te Whanua Apanui, that I am in Taranaki? Exactly. Can I see it? Can I feel it? Yeah. Yeah. It comes back to making that connection so you know, you know, who the Iwi are, who yeah. the Whanua are, who the Hapu are, you know what they stand for and they can see as you're saying, they can see, they can feel, and they can hear those uh, aspects as well. And I guess the the last one I've used there for E, the E and Humarie, so I, I used to fuck a toki there. E hara taku toa, ite toa takitahi, engari he toa takitani. You know, my, my strengths come not as an individual, but working as a collective, you mm-hmm. know, for the benefit of the tri- of the collective, the tribal group. So for me, this fuck a toki talks about harnessing the gifts and talents of everyone, iwi, of the talents and the gifts that, that the school brings, that each kayakal brings, and combining that, harnessing that together. What comes to mind is that when we are thinking of the we word, we are in this together. We need to talk about a plan. We need to find ways to nurture Māori students achieving success as Māori. By using the we, you know, and thinking about that whakatauki, you know, we harness all of that together to find a collective way forward. Mm. And I think this translates in the, you know, in meditation certainly is powerful, you know. This is the heart of powerful partnerships and authentic engagement. How do we harness the collective intelligence and the wisdom of everyone to benefit all mokopoda? All right, kia ora, Maria. Do finish off now just some final ponderings for us as educators. Okay, so I guess, I, I, you know, in my role, I ask schools, you know, so so what systems, structures and processes does the school use to show their commitment to iwi voice, okay. to the notion of biculturalism? Mm. Um, you know, it can be as simple as, as greetings. When you walk into the school, what language greets you? Yes. What do the walls say about your commitment to that particular iwi? What are the magazines that are sitting on the table? 
what does the environment say and what do the people say um you know again what's the feel of the school when you walk in are you reminded of the iwi of the area when you walk in you know the icons the imagery the pathways on the walls what what do you see um yeah and when i talk about systems and structures i guess i'm asking you to look at you know to view things what's the charter saying does the charter reflect the um you know the the iwi mm. maybe an iwi whakatauaki when you do pld for, for example um you know, how much of that is, is through a Māori lens? I'll give you an example. This is a beautiful example that came just the other day when I was in a school. And this person had said to me, um, the kaiafina in her class had asked her this question. Um, Can you tell me where is the upoko and where is the waiwai on a tree? So what would your answer be, Anaru? <laughs> Are you going to ask me? <laughs> Owa. <laughs> no, first answer. What's your first answer? Because I'm sure it was what I said. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Come on, Anna. <laughs> you put me on the spot. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, my answer was, oh, the, the top of the tree top and the, the highway at the bottom. Yeah, the roots, yeah. <laughs> um, and... Actually, I didn't say it. I did exactly what you did. <laughs> cuddle, cuddle. But her answer was, I knew, I, I knew what he was, you know, trying to get me to say, but I knew what the answer was. And I said, well, what was it? Upoko are the roots, you know, under the ground, and, ah. and the waiwai is the trunk going up to the top. Because if we're talking about Tani Mahuta mm. and going back to the creation myth, he lying and I thought I've never thought about that <laughs> but you know that's what I'm saying the power of looking through another lens exactly. and the only way that we can do that is to talk to the people who have that lens Maria. so kia ora. kia ora and just to finish off just a couple of things I kind of made note here I really like and really good challenges for us just to finish off is uh, you see about the kote iwi te kura the schools the iwi and just those connections, the authentic, uh, powerful partnerships, and do we know who they are and what they stand for? 